It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. Thank you for joining us on the Friday, February 10th edition of the CHGO Cubs podcast. Brendan. By the time you and I record our next episode together, pitchers and catchers will have reported to spring training. Yeah, we're already hearing new reports about different pitch types, different pitch grips. For me, this is like my favorite time of year. We get all this new information. You get to see what everyone's working on. I can't wait. I'm ready. This is the most enjoyable, stress-free part of the entire season for me, Corey. Yeah, I mean, it'll be nice to actually have baseball back in our lives. You know, of course, it's going to be a lot of workouts and bullpens and BP sessions. I love it. I, I do love the content, but it is it is funny, I think, how starved a lot of us are for baseball content. Like, I know um, there, there's there been some content of the minor leaguers and, you know, guys just taking BP and, and the way that it kind of sweeps everybody off their feet. Um, I know um, there's there's been a lot of really good video from uh, John Antonoff at Baseball in Focus on Twitter. Um, you know, he had PCA taking BP. Um, I know you mm. like that video of Kevin Alcantara hitting a I home sure run, did. doing a little Sammy hop. Oh, yeah. Um, really great content, again, at Baseball in Focus on Twitter. Um, but it, it's just funny that, you know, guys taking BP and everybody's, like, freaking out. It's always a good indication of just, like, how hungry everybody is to just see guys playing baseball, right? We spend so many months in this offseason looking at rumors and Twitter and things like that. And to have actual human beings playing baseball on a baseball field is just really nice to see, even if, you know, of course, until the end of March, it's not really of any consequence. Yeah. Well, that Kevin Alcantara home run showcase that John Antonoff put out was incredible, Corey. Like we had Greg on, what was it, two weeks ago saying that he thinks he could be the best prospect in the cup system as soon as this year. Even some other reports, for example, Keith Law from The Athletic wrote a post this week saying that Alcantara could be a top five base uh, prospect in all of baseball as soon as this year. Cool. Then you see like the recent highlight videos of what he's doing in BB and it makes sense. I mean, the, the Sammy Sosa hop is kind of in jest, but he does have that rare athleticism. Yeah, and you know, John also had a video I think I mentioned of PCA doing some BP, yeah. and just you you see the the sort of changes that he's made to his swing a little bit, the the power that he has. Um, it he's is wearing an earring, by the way, one earring, like Michael Jordan style. Yeah, not 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 my style, but uh, hey, hey, the confidence is high. Listen, you're you're going to be a top prospect <laughs> in baseball. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, sure. It, it is. You know, again, like I know everybody has mixed feelings on the rebuild and the system and and being excited for prospects that, you know, probably won't see Wrigley Field in in the immediate or near, you know, nearish future. Um, But, uh, you know, some of these guys are really good. So uh, yeah. if we have to be a little patient, uh, you know, we'll we'll be a little patient. Well, not too patient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John also had a photo of Saya throwing BP. I don't know if you saw that one. Mechanics pretty good, Brendan. Wait, throwing BP? I missed this one. Yeah, he's throwing BP. Yeah, okay. mechanics look, the pitch look pretty not? good. I know your first instinct is going to be, well, I hope he doesn't, you know, 
twist his knee or something weird that you would say. Well, was he was in front of the L screen, right? On like the uh, this flat surface? Uh, he's on one of those rollaway mounds. I can't see if there's an L screen. Oh, we're fine then. Yeah. If he was on like the dirt, I'd be pissed off. But the rollaway, no. the, yeah, that's fine. No. Yeah, go for it. Um, Looks good. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe get him in the pitch lab, see if you can get a two-way situation going on. Why yeah. not, right? Well, I'm down for it. Um, yeah. It also does bring up, uh, as I've said before, like n- not when he's pitching BP, but um, every every time I see Saya, I'm just ready for him to have an explosive year. He looks yeah. jacked. He looks ready to go. I think I, this, this is one of those things that we obviously can't speak to. I'm sure he'll talk about this in spring training when you know all of the reporters are there and they're sitting down for media sessions and stuff like that. But I, I would hope my hope for him and my, my genuine um, hope is that he is more comfortable you know, he's he's got his legs under him in terms of being in a major league clubhouse, um, being at spring training, being around, um, you know, uh, th- this team, this organization, Wrigley Field, these fans, um, and, you know, hopefully is is more comfortable in his personal and, and family life in America. Yeah. And we saw him have a huge end to his season in 2022 with some of the adjustments that he made. I I just, it's one of those things. Like, I just feel like he is primed for a huge season in 2023. I keep reminding myself, too, just how, I said it last week, but again, keep reminding myself this, how understated that season was last year, especially in the context of coming over from a different country right when the lockout ended. So he didn't have that ramp up period. He didn't have this period in late January, early February, where he's at the complex, already communicating with his teammates, didn't have any of that. Showed up and he's like, all right, here you go. We're playing games in like three days. So that had to have played an effect and he was still able to adapt pretty fast. And I keep reminding myself too on like the numbers level, the plate discipline was like that of Dexter Fowler's 2016. The power was still really good. Uh, Isolated power of over 170. The room for improvement, which I feel comfortable saying is contact within the strike zone and his swings rate in the strike zone. If he just improves his swing rate, just the quantity of swings in that strike zone, you can kind of just assume that everything else will stay a little bit stable, the barrel rate, the exit velo, and that weighted on base average jumps from around 335-ish where he was last year to like around 360. That is pretty, not to say, oh, it's that simple, but it almost is that simple. Just maintaining that plate discipline while being a little bit more aggressive in the strike zone, that should happen with more comfort in the league, in the same environment, should lead to uh, bigger results. So I think you're right. I think this year is going to be a bigger year for Seiya, and a 360-plus weight on base average is right there, and I think it's pretty fair to say that's that's you know within the realm of likelihood. Yeah, and I'm curious too, like, um, you know, you look at some of the numbers, he had like a 139 WRC plus in September to the end of the season. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, one of the things that I think really affected those numbers, and I think you were speaking to is he's got excellent pick re- pitch recognition, and he got punished a bit for that. Um, quite yeah. a bit, actually. Um, I can't remember if it was the most in the league, but I'm sure he was near the top of those I mean, leaderboards like in it. terms of called strikes against him that were not actually strikes. And I'm I'm curious to see if he or the Cubs uh, compensate for that at all, or if those numbers come down a little bit as he's not a rookie, um, whatever it is. But like, obviously, you know, if a a solid chunk of those were walks or not strikeouts if they were, you know, called strikeouts um, when his eye was actually correct. You know, his numbers are are pretty, probably pretty significantly (laughs) different and they were already really good on on the whole season. So that's one of those things like as we head into another year, in addition to a lot of, um, you know, hoping to see more power from him and, you know, just an overall um, improved season as he builds on his career. That's one of those specific issues um, that I'm curious to see how the Cubs handle and stuff. Um, but speaking of Seiya, uh, the World Baseball Classic is coming up, um, and 
we've seen a, a trickling of, of some of these uh, guys, you know, and, and where they're going to play and, and who they're going to play for uh, coming out. We know some of this already, but uh, looking at some of the Cubs that are going to be in the Classic, if, if you are uh, interested in that, um, there's a, a good chunk of names. I don't think everybody is going to know all of them. I'll be honest with you. I don't know uh, all of these guys all that well, but in terms of the big names, or at least names you should recognize, uh, Marcus Stroman will be playing for Puerto Rico this time. Obviously, uh, he was quite good for the United States uh, in prior World Baseball Classics. Uh, he will be joined by Nelson Velasquez, also playing for Puerto Rico. Javier Assad will be playing for Mexico. Owen Casey uh, playing for Canada. Of course, Seiya Suzuki playing for Japan. And Matt Mervis playing for Israel. So that is uh, not the only uh, Cubs that will be represented, but uh, I think of, of the names that everyone is likely to know. Those are guys you can look for. Um, I I actually really enjoy this event, Brendan. I know yeah, you so. and I went to some of the games in 2017 uh, at Dodger Stadium, and I've, I've said this many, many times. It was uh, a really, really cool and unique environment experience um I, I i remember in particular the crowds from puerto rico and japan um you know bringing instruments and having chants and you know huge devoted sections that were just so energetic and and on the same page and it was just really cool um and of course you know that was uh really soon after the Chicago Cubs won the World Series won the in World Series, 2016. Correct, yes. yeah. So I, of course, you know, had my uh, World Series champions hat for, again, the Chicago Cubs who had won the World the Series Cubs. just a few months prior. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I was there for the Javi show. Um, that, of course, is is the World Baseball Classic where Javi, you know, has the, the very famous no-look tag um, from some catcher that that threw him the ball he's probably overrated um but he he didn't have to look you know that's a a very famous hobby moment he had a couple of hobby magic slides and things like that in in that uh classic as well and it was yeah it was it was the hobby show so that was a lot of fun um if you're in the area of where this is going on and and you can get there and it's feasible to attend any of these i would encourage it it was fun it was unique um and you know it, it it's one of those things where you kind of wish that uh MLB crowds were a little more like this, right? Like a little yeah. more lively. Um maybe not all the time, but it, it was it was definitely fun um for the period that you and I were there. Well, we had the percussion in the stands by first base, third base, in the outfield, and the percussion were the Puerto Rican fans. In the outfield, you had horns, trumpets by the Japanese fans. It was unique. I've never been to a baseball game like that. I've always wanted to go to the, the games in Japan, yeah. and I, maybe I will one day, just to, to soak in that different type of baseball feel. And like you, it reminded me, like, you know, maybe I kind of wish the environment were a little bit more like communal and yeah. lively at times, but you know, it's unique. It's something that I think every fan should experience, and it's unique to see the different uh, uh, types of fans and from a variety of different backgrounds perceive it in a, a variety of different ways. It was, it was very enriching. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, again, like I know, you know, it's it's not like the Olympics or um, something that maybe everybody has like a really deep like rooting interest or attachment to as far as their country or the players uh but it is fun so whether whether you do have that intense feeling um for your home country or some of the cubs players or any of the players that you know are your favorites uh i enjoy it it's a fun event and i'm i'm looking forward to watching those games it it does remind me and i don't want to trigger you brendan but i'm sure it's going to Ugh. um a very good performance in in the world baseball classic that we've seen before was from uh, old friend you darvish and he signed a long-term extension with the San Diego Padres on Thursday. And I, I you know, on, I swear, my first thought was Brendan is going to be really upset yeah. about this. I Listen, you, Darvish, will always hold a special place in my heart. When they traded him, I, 
I love you, but it was like a bad breakup where I had to just mute him on social media because it, it hurt me too much. Now nowadays he's he's unmuted and you know I, I love you, but there was a side of me that thought maybe the stars would align, the Cubs would hit their peak competitive window. It would be like Jake Arrieta 2.0, except this time it would work and you Darvish would come back. Right. He was soaking that majesty of Wrigley and he would be part of that competitive window. But it's not going to happen, Corey, unless San Diego implodes, which is what I'll be hoping for. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it is what it is. I, I think, um, you know, Darvish is, is 36. This is going to take him into his 40s. Um, I, you and I were very angry when that trade was made. I know, um, Cody talked about Jed Hoyer being on John Heyman's podcast and, you know, being kind of upfront about COVID and then needing to cut payroll. And that certainly doesn't make anybody happy and, and thinking about, um, you know, ownership and biblical losses and all of that, right? It's, it's enough to boil the blood. So we don't have to relitigate that. But what I think Tom Ricketts liked Jet saying that just unprompted. I, 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 maybe we had never gotten that directly before, but we all knew that, right? They had of talked about a did. mandate, you know, of so like, of course we did. Yeah. I, 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 I hate, and, and the, the, you know, Luke and Cody and, and Ryan talked about this, yeah. but like, I, I hated that. I, box, I know you did. Way. Like, Anybody that doing? has listened to you and me for any amount of time, whether it's just since we've been with CHGO or prior, knows that one of Brendan's key things in his life is like, you know, PR and media literacy yeah. from <laughs> front, front office members. I mean, it, it's, it's not that difficult to don't say anything. Like, don't go on a national podcast I, and I say it. and relitigate. I get it. Like, anyway, we just moved on from that moving era. On, what are you doing? Moving on. Okay. Um, what did kind of cut me a little bit from the U Darvish extension is the Padres people talking about how you is the type of player that they felt comfortable giving this type of contract to at this age, right? Because a lot of people are going to look at this and go, wow, he's 36. They're going to be paying him, I think it was $18 million a year-ish. Yeah. Uh, Six years, 108. Right. Into his 40s. And a lot of people are like, whoa, right? And it is an it is a risk for the Padres. They're going to be paying Xander Bogarts in his 40s. Like they, they are, Their situation is rather interesting, and we'll see how it all works out. But they're going for it, right? I'd rather be doing that. But what cut me about that is you're reading that about Darvish and, you know, they're talking about, you know, he's he's still curious, he's got the repertoire, he's got the stuff, and, and we, you know, they just think it, it's going to age well and it'll be a fine contract, uh, you know, even in his 40s. And the whole time, you know, I'm just thinking, boy, you know, it, it's a good thing the Cubs haven't been looking for a frontline starter, right? Because otherwise, this would be really annoying to read, wouldn't it, Brendan? Oh, wait a minute. We've been talking about them needing a frontline starter literally every offseason. So that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, now I'm transporting back into my brain in that December 20, was it 2021, 2020, whenever it was, 2021, when they traded them. And like, you know, I didn't think the timeline would be this long, but deep down inside, I, I, I knew it would be this long and still haven't yeah. had a, a frontline star since. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I agree with them. I, and I know you do. I mean, I think you is the exact type of player that you can feel comfortable making this deal with. He has such a strong repertoire. He's got the velo and he's, you know, uh, the only concern is this, the, is just the, health. Like, you know, health. Yeah, of That's course. It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, like I said, we don't have to relitigate that trade. Um, Owen Casey will be playing for Canada in the World Baseball Classic. Hopefully that makes us forget about this a little bit. But it is just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you traded you know, a frontline starter trade, right? and you've needed a frontline starter. Yeah. So I still I still kind of hate that trade. Like I get I kinda. like Owen Casey, Reggie <laughs> Preciados. I'm doing this. Just give me my moment here because this is like the finale. This is closure for me. Like I was okay trading Darvish at the time, but you know, teenagers, Owen Casey could be good, but it's 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 2023, man. Still looking for a frontline starter. Right. Killing me. Yeah. So anyway, not to relitigate that. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the Cubs, uh, the 15th, pitchers and catchers uh, fully, you know, required to report. The 20th, 
position players. Uh, so that is coming up obviously really soon. We know that a lot of those guys are already there, and I think a lot of them will be there uh, before their you know actual confirmed report date. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really looking forward to next week just to have the guys there be getting all this content, seeing everybody, you know, we'll start to get uh, more media sessions and, and hearing from the guys and, you know, really be able to dig into um, something that I, you know, we can start with Jamison Tyone and, and some of what we've already seen from him um, when we come out of this first ad break. But um, yeah, it, it it's a long off It'll season and we're, we're focused so much on Twitter and rumors and, uh, articles and things like that and you know that's fun for a little while but uh, eventually it's nice to have people actually playing baseball uh, even if it's you know spring training and bp and guys uh throwing bullpen sessions and things like that it's not of grand consequence but it's still baseball it's people playing baseball and that's more fun to talk about watching pitchers throw bullpens watching infielders take infield those are like my two favorite things to watch in baseball. Forget the games. I can just watch that all day long. I know you can. Yeah. All right. Well, quick break here from our sponsor, DraftKings. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly plus all customers can get in on the super bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings happy hour super boost check the DraftKings sportsbook app every day between 5 p.m to 8 p.m central to see what prop bep will be boosted right now the line is the eagles minus one and a half as a coin flip You can get in on the action by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Second break here from our sponsor, Goose Island. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988 their roster of beers are deep they had the blackhawks pale ale that is a limited release in fact the hawks and goose island have been neighbors for over 25 years there's a goose pub in the uc that has been open for almost 10 years the tap room is a pregame destination for hawks fans the hawks and goose island have been doing charity uh, for many, many years now. They also have the Bulls City 312, also a limited release. And then Classics, my favorite. You share this favorite, the 312 Wheat Ale. They have the Bourbon County Stout. They have a Beer Hug IPA series, the Green Line, the Matilda. There's so many different beer types. Everyone has their own favorite. Right now, you can go to Goose Islands, two locations. They're open. They're ready to welcome you. You can grab a beer right from their innovation takes at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1-800-WEST Fulton or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1-800-NORTH Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. If you are listening to this on Friday morning, actually going to be heading to the Goose Island uh, pub in the United Center on Friday night to see the Blackhawks, part of the CHGO Blackhawks takeover, Uh, one of the events uh, put on through the diehard membership at allchgo.com. So very much looking forward to that. You can't beat a, a, I mean, you know, look, like the, the state of the Blackhawks is what it is. But in general, a Friday night in Chicago at the United Center, some hockey, some Goose Island. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. There, there are worse ways to spend uh, an evening. So, Will you be wearing your Cubs World Series championship beanie? You know, that famous beanie that you I wear? have cold, a right? Chicago Blackhawks uh, beanie that I like for okay. the occasion so okay uh, i will probably go with that uh but you know i'll probably work the cubs winning the 2016 world series into conversation at some point which year was that again 2016 2016 yes. okay so making sure i it's, sometimes i know it's hard of hearing so i'm happy <laughs> to, really is. happy to clear yeah. that up uh but as we were talking about i do want to talk about uh a tweet 
from uh, the better version of you, as I've coined him, uh, Lance <laughs> Brasdowski, who does some work for Marquis. Um, he had he he was looking at a photo from another friend of the podcast, uh, Rich. Uh, you know how to say his last name, and I don't want to butcher it. Beisterfield. Beisterfield. Yeah. Uh, at B I E S T twenty two. One of the nicest guys, by the way. Yes. So nice on uh, Twitter, um, and he posted some footage uh, and some photos of Jamison Tyone throwing a bullpen on Tuesday at uh, Sloan Park in Mesa, and Lance quote tweeted it and said, uh, I can't say I'm a grip expert, but at first glance, this looks like a two-seam sweeping slider. That's a tongue mm-hmm. twister. Two, sw- two I'm going <laughs> to, I was going to mess it up again. <laughs> two-seam sweeping slider. Say that 10 well times done. fast. Um, yeah. Which isn't something he's thrown in the past. Uh, Lance also goes on to say, it seemed pretty obvious to me that this was a potential off-season tweak to add a more lateral weapon. So you looked at these photos. You are our resident pitch doctor. Is this also, like, I saw this tweet from Lance and I immediately sent it to you. And in my head, I'm imagining you, like, by yourself in your office, opening a tweet with a photo of a pitch grip, going like, ooh, yeah. That's <laughs> is, basically is that exactly what, what I did. Yeah, basically. Th- this is interesting, Corey, because one of the unique features about Tyone is that he was able to generate average movement with his breaking pitches last year even with that slider the slider rated a 50 on the 80 scale basically flat out league average but what's interesting is that his spin efficiency so the amount of spin that's actually contributing to that slider movement was well below league average the average spin efficiency for a slider if you go to the pitching app or the pitchingbot.com, the average spin efficiency is around 45 to 50%. Tyone slider is around 20 to 25%. That is 50 percentage points less than league average in spin efficiency. So he was able to generate league average movement despite that. And so when I saw that grip, I'm thinking, okay, Maybe that will help the spin efficiency. But I was also reminded, too, of what Tommy Hadovy told Ryan, our guy Ryan Herrera, at CHGO, was this back in July, when we were working on a piece on Kyle Hendricks and potentially Hendricks at some point adding a slider to his pitch mix. And Tommy Hadovy and Kyle were both talking about this. And one of the interesting quotes from Kyle that I, that still stands out today is, quote, yeah, I think my pitch type and everything else would lend itself more to a slider. Trying to throw a curveball, it's hard to get that far on top of the ball and get out and spin it really hard, end quote. Kyle has an above average vertical release point. He threw us way over the top. So Kyle was saying, okay, it's hard to get that type of like vertical breaking action because of that and that type of like nice, you know, even horizontal break. Uh, so his thinking was his mechanics lend itself more to a slider. He has that over-the-top release point. So does Tyone. So Tyone's vertical release point is about 80% higher than league average. So you can kind of put two and two together. One is that Tyone is still able to generate good movement on his slider despite having below league average spin efficiency. Now the thinking is, okay, Let's take that, let's optimize the grip, and if by doing so increases that spin efficiency up to around league average with those underlying natural mechanics, you can see that stuff go up from maybe a 50 on the 80 scale to a 55 to 60 on the 80 scale. Now, if that happens, you can estimate a certain number of whiffs that go along with it. He'd be above average in the whiff department. Strikeouts go up. Command stays the same. And you're looking at, a, at an above league average pitcher for a price tag of $17 million at his age. That would be a steal. And maybe that, maybe that was a plan all along. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're more of the expert in terms of what exactly they're going to do with pitchers and how they're going to utilize the repertoire and things like that. I know, you know, in years past, like one of the things we've seen with a lot of guys, it's like they're going to start throwing elevated sinkers, right? Like for a little while, yeah. that was the thing. Yes, they they're still they're still doing. Okay, that yeah. Um, but you know, even with Tyone, it's, it's like, you know, of course he's coming over from the Yankees who typically know what they're doing and, and have gotten really good results out of some pitchers. Um, but it, it, it is always interesting with how much we've talked about the Cubs pitching infrastructure and what they've been able to do with some of these guys. Like as soon as they sign someone like Tyone, you're thinking more specifically, I'm thinking more generally, but I'm you know, thinking, okay, well, I'm curious what else they think they can get out of him, right? Like, he's obviously a a very good pitcher. They signed him for a reason. But you also, at this point, just kind of assume, like, they have something they want to do, right? And and we'll see what it is. Yeah, it's it's never a for sure thing that these guys can just pick up a new pitch type and feel comfortable with it. And going to your point about the sinkers, one of the shortcomings of trying to implement, whether it be command or a new pitch type, one of the consequences is some guys who are used to their ways, they don't adjust well to it. And Zach Davies was an example. They tried to go up and in with his sinker, and he had one of the worst years of his career. And since moving on from the Cubs, he's kind of rebounded a little bit. Another example was Marcus Stroman. So Marcus Stroman was the reverse. It was, let's take his four seam because he has good carry on it with that lower release point. Let's try to throw the four seam a little bit more. And Tommy Hadovy was talking about this to the guys on the podcast uh, about a month ago. And the thinking was couldn't get a feel for the pitch. So he went back to throwing his sinker towards the latter half of 2022. And that's where Marcus took off, getting back to that comfort level. So it's never a for sure thing. Just because you're saying, oh, look at this pitch grip. Look at all this. This is going to lead to this. No. And it's sometimes when I talk about this or, or other guys, Lance talks about this, it's it's not a, a point of saying, hey, look at this. This is going to be a for sure success. It's more of like, this is what they're doing. This is their thinking process. Let's see how it plays out. And ultimately, for someone like Tyone, who has that base of comfort and having that veteran uh, pedigree, ultimately, it may not work out for him. And if, and if that's the case, he's still a league average guy. Yeah, so that was just one of the kind of early looks at a player that we have. I'm sure we'll have more of it. You'll be breaking down swing changes, I'm sure. Um, I do want to say one more thing, though, then then you can move on. With with Tyone, because I want to say this. So with Tyone, that slider, this is why it's interesting, and this is why he was able to generate league average movement. As I was talking about this, I'm like, it's, it's making no sense. How does he have league average movement that his spin efficiency sucks? So if you look at his observed spin axis, it's like, stay, stay with me, because this, this is when you, Corey, stopped listening to me. I can sense it, but this, this makes sense. His observed spin axis, the ball is moving at around nine o'clock on, like on, on, on a legitimate clock. But if you look at the, uh, the way it's supposed to move just by spin alone, it moves around noon. So he's generating some unorthodox, some unpredictable movement on that pitch, probably because of those mechanics. So you change that grip, everything stays the same. Then we're going to start tilting that spin even away from nine o'clock to around maybe 830, eight o'clock. And then you're going to see more breaking action that way. I think that's the thinking by that. And that, that will be fascinating to see. Yeah. So I, one day I want you in the CHGO studios with like a giant clock, like doing like visuals of stuff like this. Let's do it. Um, yeah. But uh, so these guys are going to roll in, obviously, as we said, starting on the 15th and then, you know, through the 20th when position players are uh, supposed to be there. But I, I'm, I'm curious who else is kind of on your radar for it's obviously a lot of this is just BP sessions, hitting in the cage, fielding drills, bullpens, things like that. Um, but who do you have your eye on? You know, we've talked about Seiya a little bit. Um, I know, you know, there's some obvious ones. I mean, Matt Mervis, we've talked about a ton as a group. Um, for me, you know, we are, are a ton of content 
um, you know, from, from Rich, who's out there in Arizona, but also um, John Antonoff at Baseball In Focus on Twitter, some really great content. Um, and and one of the ones that, that kind of caught my eye recently was uh, some BP video of Miguel Amaya hitting. Ooh, and, you know, just how one. he fits into things. Obviously, we've talked about the catcher position a lot. And for Miguel, it's obviously health is key. Um, you know, but it's, it's not that long ago that he was kind of one of those big names we were waiting for to to see at the big league level and and see what that effect would be. So the Cubs have obviously made a particular decision um, with the direction they want to go at catcher with Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes. Um, but, you know, if if Miguel can be healthy and, and out there, um, I'm, I'm curious if he can affect that at all, um, maybe if not yeah. this year in the future. Yeah, maybe this year. It's so unpredictable. Like He just has not been able to stay healthy and play baseball games. So it's hard to say, oh, yeah, he'll be up this year. But what I'm interested with Miguel specifically is who he's catching. Like If he's catching a lot of the big league guys, then maybe that signals they're prepping him in the case he does need to come up unexpectedly not in a worst case scenario, but you can think of an example like when they had to call up Nico uh, in San Diego when when Javi went down with that hand injury. So that will be interesting what they pair him with, who they pair him with. And then separately, kind of in the same vein, I'm interested in seeing uh, like Dan, Daniel Palencia. Like when I say in the same vein, maybe you're going to have uh, a Maya catch Palencia, but also what group does Palencia pitch in? Is he going to move up the system relatively fast because he has that 100 plus mile per hour stuff? If that's the case, will they be working on a separate pitch type with them? Uh, he's a heavy sinker or heavy four seam slider guy. Maybe we get some more zoomed in photos of his grips. I'll be interested in that. Speaking of other different pitches, another guy, Hayden Wisniewski, the changeup, the breaking stuff is off the charts, but the changeup, he always says this, but or I always say this, but when his changeup is on, He's one of the more interesting pitchers in the entire cup system because that represents five at sometimes six unique pitch types depending what the lineup is. So seeing Hayden, that changeup, how often he throws it during spring games, also seeing what they do. Are they going to just like elongate him in a type of three plus inning role? Will they elongate him even further, stretch him out to be a starter perhaps? Is that going to be in the form of a triple-A stint to keep him stretched out? Those are kind of the early trends I'll be looking for to get a hint of what they end up doing by the middle portion of March or the end of March. Yeah. I, you know, I'm also just looking forward to, um, you know, because we kind of got a glimpse of this, I guess, at CubsCon, but I, I know it's obvious, but like, I just kind of want to see Dansby Swanson as a Chicago Cub, right? Like, I, mean, I know you're going to be. That's just implied. Yeah. Like, I know you're going to be drooling over, you know, the I'm first pass video out. we get of the two of them turning double oh plays God. and fielding brown balls together. Those A2000s, man. <laughs> like, oh, all right, man. calm down. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the air here. You got to chill out, Brendan. Um, but, you know, just like in Cubs gear, like, acting as yeah, a Chicago yeah. Cub. I, like you said, I know that's kind of implied, but you know, that's what this time of year is for, right? So he's the big guy. He's the big free agent signing. Like I am looking forward to him being there and seeing him in Cubs gear every day yeah. doing his thing. Uh, I, so that also reminds me too of, uh, of a recent photo that Nico uh, was using a training glove. He had this like eight and a half inch, nine inch glove. It was basically basically an oven mitt. That's how small it was. And so I'm thinking, oh my God, he's using this. Imagine those fast double plays that we're going to see, even during spring in those first few weeks when they're taking infield, it's going to be, it's going to be art. Yeah. It's going to be, as Joe Madden used to say, like bring the art back in baseball. I think that's what he used to say. Like that, this is, this is what it that is. That was one there's of his no, things in one of those spring yeah, trainings. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no better art in the league than Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner playing infield together. 
Yeah, I, I I mean, definitely looking forward to that. I know there was always video of Javi in Mesa, like, doing workouts. That, oh, I mean, those were just phenomenal. Yeah, that would get, you know, crazy traction on social media um, and stuff like that. That was, you know, literally just him, like, fielding ground balls that people yeah. were obsessed with. Um, so I can I can see that for, for Dansby and Nico once they get out there Oof. and cameras are rolling and we can get, uh, you know, pretty constant footage of that the the Cubs social team would be wise to basically just plant a camera out there and let them do their thing they should mic them up too both of them yeah I mean I I always I always think about that you know Marquis released I think that they're going to be showing the vast majority of the spring training games this year and I I always just think back to Brizzo being mic'd up on that one ESPN game that was yeah. really close to being one of like the last fun things before uh the COVID lockdown it was like right before that if i remember correctly I mean, that was basically the 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 last right, thing right the last point of happiness and i every time you know now we get into spring training i mean nothing will ever beat that that might be the best baseball broadcast in the history of television <laughs> um but i was like kind of looking at this roster thinking like well who could they mic up that would be fun and a lot of these guys you know we don't know their personality yet some of them are new um or we're not as as familiar with them but uh i i you know especially in spring training i like the mic'd up stuff during the regular season i take the games too seriously but i'm all for uh messing around and trying to have some fun in spring training yeah i'm trying to think who would make sense to mic up that would be like unexpectedly funny i think saya would be funny you know yeah, when we when we have heard from him, I think he is. Um, you know, yeah. obviously it's it's just a little harder as he's working through an interpreter and stuff like that. But um, he does seem like he likes to have a good time. I think Hendricks is always. I find Kyle funny in a lot of ways. Um, he has like just sort of a deadpan, I think, sort of sense of humor that I yeah. that really appeals to me. But well, you can put uh, say you know, I think his interpreter's name is toy i believe i don't want to I'll, I'll double check that but you know you can put him on the air too that i think that would be fun sure. content yeah yeah sure why not and you know i don't know maybe jameson tyona's funny maybe dansby's funny i don't know we'll see i think dansby's too serious you know i think he and nico would just be too locked in which is why i love him yeah i mean there there was that video on marquee where they asked the guys like you know about dansby swanson and what's the like one thing that you've learned about him or whatever and i think like all of them said he wants to win he came here to win, you yeah. know? So yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I love that. All right. A uh, quick break here from our sponsor, FOCO Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO has you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description of this episode below. For all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Okay, also, as I was uh, listening to you do that ad read, I was thinking yeah. that the answer is Christopher Morell and Nelson Velasquez. Oh, 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 for yes. For the mic'd up session. Um, yes. and, and really, even if they don't say anything, they're just dancing on camera, like in the dugout or something like that together. I think that would be... Well, I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, of, of Fran right. last year. Right, Because that was a trio, those three guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go for that. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Speaking of Nico, one question I have for you. Um, We have heard from, you know, and we did hear from Jed Hoyer. I think this was also on that John Heyman podcast uh, interview that he did, um, or he said it before, um, that he, you know, really didn't like being in spring training and and trying to negotiate with Anthony Rizzo, right? Um, We're pretty close to spring training. Um, Do you have any optimism that a deal with Nico gets done no. Cap has also talked about I you know those are separate things. Uh, no optimism. Spring is already here. Yeah. They're on the field playing baseball. Well, pitchers so, and catchers technically don't have to report. They're that. on the field playing yeah. baseball. Maybe all maybe this is me being pessimistic. Also, I hate Jed saying that. Why did you we have know. to say that? Why did you say that? Because now I'm thinking about this. Now we're talking about this. Just let me live in ignorance bliss, man. Like, why even say that? You never, you're never living in bliss. 
So that's a lie. I know. Um, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, look, again, they're different things, right? And I don't know what either camp is going to be asking for. Um, we've talked about the kind of complication with HAP in particular in that the free agent market next year is really not very good on the position player side. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get some massive deal if he hits free agency. But, you know, there there are other years, right? Like you look at the position and you say, okay, like he's not at the top of that list. Like he is at the top of that list if you're heading into the offseason next year. Right. You look at Nico, obviously the Cubs are going to have him at second base primarily this year, um, but he just saw what these shortstops made, you know? He has a proof of concept at, at shortstop, so does he want to sign an extension now? What would the value he'd be looking for? It, it is a little complicated, but I will say um, it, it will be disappointing if they don't get Nico done. I, I have mixed feelings on Hap. I would have to know what the terms were. So I wouldn't say that I'm disappointed if they don't get that done. What, you mean not get Nico done this offseason? Yeah, in five days. (laughs) Yeah. Why even bring this up right now? Well, there's been rumors about it. They talked about it. I was not thinking about this. I was not thinking about this. Well, this is they've, they've talked about wanting to get some of these done. Jed said he doesn't want to do it in spring training, and here's spring training. So that's why I'm bringing it up. It would be nice. All of these things are in a vacuum, right? Like I think some people are going to say, you know, the Cubs never extend anybody anymore, right? Like they just don't, they don't do it. Um, They've had so many guys that would have been worthwhile and it's just, and they're all individual cases, right? Like you can't go back to Chris Bryant or Javi Baez and things like that and relate it necessarily to Nico. They're different cases. In some of these cases, there was a different person in charge at the top of the organization, right? Um, But I, you know, also do kind of feel that fatigue a little bit. Like it would be nice, I think, especially in Nico's case, coming off of the year that he had and um, just how he's developed as a player. it, it, It would be nice to have you know, that feeling of, hey, we, we locked him up long term. He's going to be one of these guys that's part of this core. And, you know, this is who, you know, as we were talking about, they're going to be turning beautiful, artful, elegant double plays for years to come, right? As opposed to, you know, more of this kind of like, eh, I don't know, we'll see. So Jeff McNeil signed an extension with the Mets Jeff McNeil, utility guy, plays second base. Nico's plays second base. Uh, McNeil signed for f- for four years, fifty million dollars, twelve and a half million dollars per year. Um, you know that's cheaper than I would have imagined. You can go upwards, perhaps, because Nico's slightly younger in an estimated salary projection. But this the salary would kick in. The luxury tax would kick in in twenty twenty four. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what the numbers tossed around are. But even even like six years, seventy five million, I think it seems high. It seems crazy. But with the defensive value, with the age, buying out about three years in free agency, limited risk involved with that. I think it makes sense to do it now, and it also signals uh, to the rest of the you know players both in the system and outside the system that they're serious and having that type of stability locked up in the middle of the diamond is is huge and who knows if this ended up being a fact but one example of perhaps Jed in the front office not convincing free agents that the time is now is is that Christian Vasquez scenario where he signed with Minnesota for third for three years 30 million and you know apparently the offer was pretty close uh, so we've heard for the Cubs, and it's possible you just picked Minnesota over the Cubs. Right. So lock them down. Uh, don't kill me because they don't extend them. I'm dead. And let's get this done with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, to s- but even if they don't, I'm not going to – I can't I can't go down that negative hole. They still have two more off seasons, right? So if they don't do it, I'm not going to freak out because I – I understand the argument 
Perhaps this is what Jed is operating under. I don't agree with it, but I can at least understand the logic of seeing what he would look like in his first complete full year as a second baseman. I can understand the thinking process. I don't like it, but maybe that's what they end up doing. Um, All right, Brennan. So as we wrap up here, uh, you know, again, the next time you and I speak to one another on on this feed, um, pitchers and catchers will be there. Um, still, we've mentioned this before, there is still that rumor circulating around that the Cubs want to add a veteran reliever, and I believe specifically before pitchers and catchers show up. So similar to if you want to get certain extensions done before spring training starts, that's that that deadline is only a few days away if, if that is indeed yep. when they want to bring in one of these relievers. Um, I know we talked about that. We talked about some of those options. Um but are, are how, how do you like to me it's it's a little weird that we keep hearing this but it just isn't happening right like there just isn't a lot of movement on that front um and it's just an interesting thing that's like continually out there but the 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 apparent runway for when it's going to happen is shrinking um and as as pitchers and catchers report I, i've already stated how i feel about them making that kind of move um but I, I guess as we're seeing some of these guys trickle in, um, you know, we've mentioned on the the CHGO YouTube channel that uh, we've been sharing some of the interviews that Luke and Ryan did at CubsCon with some of the guys, you know, watching like Keegan Thompson's interview that went up a couple days ago on the YouTube channel, like just thinking about all of the, the potential relief options and this rumor sort of still being out there. It's, it's going to be interesting to see who is officially there uh, on the 15th when everybody shows up and just how this pitching staff ultimately shakes out. Yeah, it, it to me, I don't know if it's true, but to me, as you get closer to that pitcher and catcher deadline, the market is maybe not going to be as hot or as expected to be expensive as it once was two months ago. So it's possible the Cubs, as they landed Mancini, get a reliever for under expectations uh if that's the case you know you can look at Andrew Chafin who some projected around 8 million 10 million for a one two three year deal maybe a two year 18 20 million deal seemed feasible two months ago what does his market look like now maybe it's going to be like a one year deal for 6 million and that deal would bring the Cubs down to about 10 million in luxury tax room to have by the deadline maybe Jed the front office Carter they feel comfortable with that slight pillow getting a reliever to stabilize that bullpen, also leaving the potential open for the trade deadline to make more moves. Maybe that's what they do. My thinking hasn't really changed much. I don't like I don't I, I just I don't see the reliever market, even Chafin, justifying bringing your luxury tax closer to that threshold and perhaps restricting yourself by the trade deadline. I'm also interested too, maybe. There's other teams looking to free up some salaries, some of that tax threshold, and we didn't talk about it. We'll probably talk about it in the next week or so, but maybe like an unexpected trade happens. Nick Magical has kind of no role on this team. He's due over $1 million. Perhaps a different team wants to take a risk with it and his contact profile, and you know they make a trade. Cubs get a reliever that way. So I'll be looking the next few days what they end up doing, but my... My feel is they they probably shouldn't extend their salary right now. Just stick with what they got, see what's going on. And even when pitchers and catchers report, they get some of these guys in camp, they get a better feel for who's looking like a potential guy for the upcoming season. And if they feel as if they don't have some of those guys developing at the pace they want to see, then they go out and spend money on someone. If those guys are available, that could be another option as well. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, so you're you're sort of an Arizona guy, yeah. I am. We could yeah. call you that, I guess. Yeah. Um, are you gonna head to spring training at oh, some point? Yeah. Oh yeah, I just got to figure out what weekend or weekends I'll be going down there. Right. Like I, I've I've been to uh, in the last two years now. I've been to the backfields with Rich Bysterfield, mm-hmm. uh in October, and one of the nicest guys. Uh, but 
that type of baseball environment where you're just like watching guys practice. I know it sounds weird, but you get a different appreciation for this sport in in general. Like the the amount of effort that the coaches give, the amount of effort that just like the equipment managers give, it is it is a show. Like yeah. how they orchestrate all of this. So I get a every time I go to that, I get a different appreciation for the entire organization and I get a different appreciation for the super young guys. Like I saw Jackson Ferris like throw his legitimately very first pitch on a professional diamond in October last year. I think he gave up a home run. I forgot who it was, but like having that moment is so cool. And I was able to do something similar like 10 years ago when the Cubs signed Jorge Soler and they got Chris Bryant. Like I was at some of their first ever organized events and that will always stick with me. So yeah, I'll be there. I'm not sure which weekends, but I will definitely be there. Yeah, I mean, I I've never done the the backfields at the professional level, but I do remember like even working for the baseball team at Michigan when I was uh, one of the student managers. Like, there is something about those. Uh, for us, they were inside, obviously, as we were in Ann Arbor in you know January and February. But um, there's something about those first like workouts and you, you know you start hearing the sound of the ball hitting against the gloves and the oh, bats coming out i you know man. in college you, you know that's it's that loud aluminum ding but um there's just something about it you know it's 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 peaceful you're not in the uh throes of the season you know where people like you and i are living and dying with every single pitch and and result from the Chicago Cubs at the major league level and just kind of like appreciate the sights and sounds and the the kind of zen nature of of the game of baseball for a little bit before it gets uh too crazy so yeah there's like multiple ways to take in the sport right like having that zen type baseball environment like that's my favorite environment i always say this but going to those arizona fall league games love those when there's only about 50 people in the stands there it's like a cold chilly november night i i absolutely love that and those moments too like those very like uh, i'm trying to like when i used to go to cubs games when i was 10 years old when i saw sammy sosa like walking out of uh, you know the concourse area, you go up and you see Wrigley for the first time, and you see Sammy Sosa right there. It's like a sense of mystery mm-hmm. kind of escapes, and you see, you see you see someone you've seen on TV like all the, all this time, and you get this like sense of like whoa, and it's kind of. It's it's not like Sammy Sosa, but for for example, when you go and see some of these like new prospects, you always hear about and you kind of see them and you understand why some scouts are so high in these guys. It's a different level of understanding. I remember when I went to uh, October in twenty twenty one, I think, and I was with Rich, and I, I first off, I don't know who these guys are because there's no names at the back of their jerseys, but I saw Kevin Alcantara and there's just this massive guy just walking down uh, the first baseline. I'm like, who is that? And it was Kevin Alcantara. So I will never forget that as you see him kind of rocket up this uh, prospect leaderboard. It's those initial impressions that really make you think, okay, I understand why these guys are rated so well. Yeah, so uh, you know, you heard it from the Arizona man himself. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it, it's it's always a good time. I I really probably should get out there more. I think it's it's been a while since I you know appreciated low stakes baseball. Right? Like I mean, come out. I I pretty much um, just wait until they're here and get all psychotic about it, and you know. It's it's been a while since I've appreciated. Have you have because the time is coming up, Corey? Like opening day is you know what like eight weeks away, right. whatever it is now. I, are are you have you started to, to prepare yourself for this? For the I don't season? sense. Yeah, I don't sense that you've like realized how close it is. Like your life is about to be you know consumed for better or for worse. I mean, yeah, and probably everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Like I haven't, I, I'm you know, slowly yeah, no, I mean, starting I to realize I, that. I, I really do. I mean, last year was an odd season, obviously, because the expectations were so low. And I think um, it, in a lot of ways, it really represented, I think, like the peak frustration um, for a lot of us in terms of our fandom. <laughs> it was nice for me. You know, obviously, that was our first uh, season 
being with CHGO. So I had the opportunity to go into the studio for some pre and post game stuff that um, I think made some games that I obviously would not have been looking forward to otherwise a little more interesting and um, kind of getting familiar with that experience. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I mean, honestly, I, I did walk by the other day and my first thought was, man, I can't, that first hot dog, man. Oh, oh it's going to hit, man. it's going to hit so good. Oh man. Is that what you meant by what? Am I ready? Am I ready to eat? Is that what you meant? Well, I kind of <laughs> just assumed yeah. you would say that I was waiting for the reference. Well, and of course, like, so. you know, like he, he's been in it in some other ways and like Cubs con and, and things like that but like you know it's been a while since we've just been able to sit back enjoy the weather and just listen to pat hughes call a baseball game right hall of famer hall of famer pat hughes like and i i miss that of course i miss that you know and i think i'm prepared that this season for the cubs has the potential to be more frustrating than last year right because last year <laughs> there we go let's get dark yeah, right well away. no what i mean is last year when you go in with those expectations and you're trying to be realistic about the roster and the state of the organization when they start losing games it's like okay you know i'm like mad i'm annoyed but we, we knew we would be here this year is going to be more of a like okay like you know maybe they're flirting with the playoffs if things go well this that and the other so if it goes the other direction you know it's it's not going to be as like oh whatever right like i'm gonna you know we're all gonna be pissed you know so like i'm ready for that i think you think <laughs> are we ever ready brendan we'll you and i see what are you and i ever ready to act we'll like normal I, I i mean i just love how you go from talking about oh, i cannot wait until i get my hot dog and listening to pat hughes to 15 seconds later assuming they're going to completely collapse and we're no gonna be i was just throwing out the possibility yeah, I mean, just to even for you even mentioning the possibility, like as you said, Pat Hughes, I'm thinking, oh, you know, what is he going to say I about Dansby Swanson's hair? Brain didn't immediately go to what the worst case scenario was, right? Well, I was thinking as you were saying that, I'm like, you know, I hope they don't start off like two and ten, like that would that would be bad. Didn't they do that in 2019? They started off very very bad. I think it was two and ten or something. Oh, like that. Dude, I don't remember. Do they start off two and ten? I don't think I'll be able yeah, to wake up. Yeah, I think that was 2019. Wasn't that the trip to uh, Texas, Texas where they blew a bunch yeah. of games? Like, well, they won the first game. I'm like, oh my god! I think Javi hit two. Yeah, runs they scored the first game like 17 like runs or something. Like and I'm that. like, all right, yeah. we're back. Yeah. You know. And then they, you know, I think they lost like eight of the last nine. That was traumatic. Well, you know what's good about that, though, is that it's not like those losses came back to bite them at the end of the year. So, uh, why? <laughs> why? Just why, Corey? Oh, we're sick in the head. Listen, if you're at the hour, whatever mark of this podcast with us, you're right. You you guys know. You're you're in it for the same stuff. You guys get it. Um, yeah. but I no, and and it's like I think that's what this coming week, you know, really does represent. It's it's the beginning of all of this. And um It's the beginning of I, being miserable. I remember when you and I had the the very, you know, fortunate opportunity to speak with Len Casper um and and interview him. He he talked, you know, one of the questions that we asked him was, you know, how this spring felt compared to others because obviously he had been around the group before they won the World Series in 2016 World Series, correct, um, yes. or 2015 when you know the expectations weren't there but the excitement was kind of building he had been around it when the team was supposed to be awful and um you know he just said no it's 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 honestly always a new thing mm-hmm. and um you know hope Springs eternal, right? The old cliche, I think, is is something that he referenced or alluded to that, you know, every spring, you know, really with every team that he's been a part of, there is a real like kind of belief like, you know, we're, we're showing up to put in the work and be successful. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's been a weird off season, like, you know, we, we've at one point envisioned the Cubs having any number of different shortstops and things like that. Um, but you know, once once they all show up in Arizona and we, we sort of get to that Cactus League schedule and stuff like that, like, you know, this is the group and, and everybody kind of comes together and is excited for it, believes in it, and, you know, is, is, is ready for a fun season. So I'll try to enjoy that for now. Why, well, now I miss Len. Well, you always miss Len. But, um, 
you know, I'll try to enjoy that for now. And, you know, then come the end of March and beginning of April, we'll be freaking out with everybody else. So overreacting yeah. to games in the beginning of the season, complaining yeah. about the weather, this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm... Can you imagine, though? Like, let's, let's say, like, you know how Nico went yard in opening day last year? What if, like, Dansby and Nico go yard opening day? Well, then cool. you and I are going to react irrationally, and Cody will yeah. put a bet on them to win the World Series, and, <laughs> you know, the things will proceed as normal. Yeah. So, um, oh, man. I, I think that's what we have for you. Um... I don't know if this is like officially the end of the off season, but since you know you and it I basically is man. Yeah, I mean, since you and I, our next episode, pitchers and catchers will be there. Spring training kind of getting underway in earnest. Um, you know, do want to as usual say thanks to everybody for uh, listening throughout the off season. I know. You know, there's there's a lot of times where we're just talking about rumors, and you know, this off season in particular, we spent a lot of time talking about guys that have never played for the Cubs and likely will never play in a Cubs uniform um, because that's just kind of the the nature of things. So uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us, and um, we we've made it. There there is actual baseball we to have. come, and um, as always, what is this the eighth season you and I have done? Uh, technically eighth seventh eighth uh obviously our second with chgo we're very excited to cover chicago cubs baseball um and have you along for the ride so uh as always we appreciate your support uh for brendan and i and and the entire chgo cubs team be sure to check out those interviews like i've i've been telling you guys on the chgo sports youtube channel that luke and ryan did with various cubs pitchers at CubsCon. keegan thompson uh went up this week so be sure to check that out don't forget to use code chgo when you download the DraftKings sportsbook app use that promo code chgo when you sign up uh obviously uh one of if not the biggest gambling weekends of the year so uh get that DraftKings app and use code chgo for all of your super bowl betting needs uh again appreciate the support brennan and i will talk to you next friday and as always go cubs